What happens when we begin to realize that the 200-year experiment we've called the American healthcare system has failed? Tune in to Awakened Wellness with Milen Riobay, MD, and join the conversation about how to heal our broken system to reverse our current health crisis. The entire world is looking for answers, and the truth is hidden in plain sight. Learn how spirituality, ancient traditions, and cutting-edge science are merging to create a new paradigm of wellness every Wednesday at 12 a.m. and 12 p.m. Eastern Time with live video shows every first and third Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern Time when you can call in and ask the questions that matter most to you. And we're live. All right. Well, hello, everyone. I'm Dr. Milan Rebe, and you are listening to Dream Vision 7 Radio. This is Awakened Wellness Now. And uh, today's topic is hormone myths you should know. And uh, the reason hormones are um, today's topic is as I was thinking about the thing that most people kind of get stuck on when uh, they first come in to work with me, it's the idea that hormones are everything, right? Um, and for the vast majority of my patients, um, most of whom come in to see me for fatigue, right? That's the number one cause. Probably number two is weight loss, right? Um, they want to lose weight or they're extremely tired and they can't quite uh, get themselves going again. Uh, and within three to four sentences of me asking them, you know, how can I help them? they always say, I need you to help me balance my hormones. Um, so, so without really understanding necessarily why they're tired and can't lose weight, they make this automatic assumption, it's got to be my hormones, right? Um, and so I want to dispel that myth today because it's not the hormones at all, actually. Um, and so what, they, what I eventually teach them is it's really not your hormones. Your hormones are just as much a victim as you, um, you know, feeling your fatigue and, and having the difficulty and losing weight. Uh, and so a lot of times we associate one thing with another thing, assuming that that thing is causing this thing, right? So if we're, if we're tired or, <clears throat> excuse me, we're trying to lose weight, um, and we feel like our hormones are out of balance, then we make the assumption that it must be that my hormones are out of balance. You know, that must be the reason why I'm tired and I can't lose weight. Um, and really, all three are basically victims of the same common causes, right? So your hormones go out of balance for the same reason that you're tired or you can't lose weight or whatever else it could be. Um, I tell people all symptoms are connected. So it, it really doesn't matter what you came in for or uh, what you wanted to sign up for a group coaching class for, uh, they're all connected, right? Whether it's an ache or a pain, whether it's a lack of focus, whether it's fatigue, whether it's difficulty losing weight, you only have one body. And so all of your symptoms are tied together by common causes. And again, it's, it's always assumed it's got to be my hormones, right? Because we talk about hormones so much, um, we have this uh, false notion that they're more important than they actually are. Um, and not that they're not important, right? They serve critical functions in our bodies. Uh, but what I find, for example, I had a client start working with me just maybe about a month ago, and all she was doing was having someone manage her hormones, and she was spinning around in circles and, in fact, was feeling really bad and had had four surgical procedures done in the last year, um, you know, not quite realizing that the hormones she was taking was actually contributing to why she needed the surgeries. Um, and so it's really important, uh, I thought, to talk about hormones and for people to start to realize that they're not that important. Um, yes, they're important, but they're not that important. They're not going to solve your problem if that's all you're doing. 
Um, in fact, they might cause problems, which is what we feel is actually happening with this client uh, that I'm that I just started working with about a month ago. Um, so I'm having to kind of backpedal her from being on all those hormones and really dig into the actual causes of why she's experiencing the troubles that she's having uh, so that we we kind of erase the effect of having been on the hormones for for um, the wrong reasons, we'll say. Um, and then address the actual reasons, right? Um, and so women uh, fall into this trap more than men. Although men men tend to fall into the testosterone trap, they think that, well, if I just get on some testosterone, all my problems will go away, right? And sometimes it actually happens temporarily uh, because the hormones are kind of like a Band-Aid, right? They will, uh, un they will mask symptoms, just like a prescription drug might mask a symptom. Um, hormones can sometimes do that as well. Um, and so we're not quite realizing that we're not quite getting to the root cause of the situation. And then we start to have side effects from the hormones, right? And this is regardless of the type of hormones that you're taking, uh, whether they're natural hormones or synthetic hormones. Um, if, if you're taking hormones in a vacuum, thinking they're going to solve your problem, um, regardless of their nature, you're going to run into some kind of problem, right? And we're going to talk about why that is today. Um, the main reason is, uh, there's two main reasons that are probably equally as important, right? The first being nutrition. I, I'm very, very conservative with hormones. Um, I've always been conservative just in general, in terms of uh, what I prescribe to people. You know, when I was in a group practice as an OBGYN, I had the lowest counts of surgeries. Uh, in fact, people would come talk to me and be like, you got to get your numbers up. Right? <laughs> I'm like, well, why if they don't need the surgery? Right. I didn't understand at the time that that's how you drove business. Right. Um, but I could never subscribe to that as a means of growing business. Right. If someone doesn't need something, I don't want to give it to them. Right. I, I would rather help them to treat the root cause of what might lead them to need that surgery so that they can avoid the surgery. Right. Isn't that the point? Um, and so I'm conservative in my treatment plans. I've always just been that way. Uh, and so you know, when, when people come in and, and they have these types of complaints, my first reaction is what's at the heart. And what I've realized after 20 years of doing this is there's two things at the heart, right? Number one is nutrition and number two is stress. Um, and if you don't get those two things situated, it doesn't matter what you do with your hormones, they will always go out of balance. Um, and no matter whether you're on hormones, whether your numbers are normal in, in your blood work, doesn't matter. You're still going to have symptoms if you don't have the right nutrition and you don't know how to mitigate the impact of stress properly. Um, and so that's what I've learned because I've been on that hormone road, right? We When, when I first learned about bioidentical hormones, I don't know, 17, 17, 18 year years ago, um, you know, I thought it was going to solve everybody's problems too, uh, because that's how we were trained in residency, right? When, uh, when I did my OBGYN residency, hormones were huge, right? We were constantly writing prescriptions for hormones, whether they were birth control pills or hormone replacement therapy, uh, for menopausal women, we were constantly writing hormone prescriptions. And so it becomes ingrained in your psyche, you know, that things are fixed with hormones, right? So if someone had, uh, you know, excessive or painful menstrual cycles, we'd write them a prescription for birth control pills. If they were having hot flashes, we'd write them a prescription for hormone replacement therapy, right? Um, and so this became a habit. So it was a, almost a running joke. If you can't throw a hormone at it or cut it out, you can't fix anything. Um, and then what happened was when I first got out of my residency training and uh, started practicing, there was a huge study that came out on hormone replacement therapy. It was the Women's Health Initiative study. It came out in two phases um, in around 2004. And it was really bad news for hormone replacement therapy. There was a product that had been on the market called PremPro that was on the market for four decades before the study came out. Uh, and they had to stop the study before it was even over. It was supposed to be a five-year study, 
they ended up stopping it prematurely because uh, once they started monitoring this hormone, they realized how toxic it was. Uh, they realized that the women who had been taking these uh, these uh, prescriptions of hormone replacement therapy, PremPro specifically, were having more strokes and getting more cancers than women who were not taking these hormones. And so suddenly everything just blew up in our faces, right? This, this stuff that we were writing prescriptions for, you know, without even batting an eyelash or thinking about it, suddenly we got hit with this daunting realization that this stuff's poison. <laughs> so I, I went out and I started to look for other options. And um, just around that same time, some clients started coming in and asking me about bioidentical hormone replacement therapy. And again, this was way early in my career. So I didn't really quite know about them yet. Uh, and we had gotten letters from our boards. So I'm, I'm a, a fellow of the American uh, Board of Obstetrics and Gynecology. So this is a body uh, that certifies you as being competent in obstetrics and gynecology. So they, they are an authoritative figure for us as OBGYNs. And they sent out letters after this study came out back in 2004, 2005 to tell us, okay, hormones are dangerous. Uh, so please don't use them for more than five years. Oh, and by the way, those bioidentical hormones you've been hearing about, don't prescribe them at all because we don't know anything about them. Uh, there aren't any studies to verify their safety. Uh, and so I took this letter, I read it and I was like, oh, okay. And so when clients came in and they were asking about these bioidentical hormones, I'd be like, yeah, uh, we don't have any studies. So I wouldn't recommend them. Um, and it was a gentleman that I ran into at the gym. Uh, we used to always joke around at the gym. He was a surgeon um, and I was an obstetrician gynecologist. And, uh, you know, he'd always be doing cardio and I'd go do cardio next to him and we would just talk. And he was like, hey, have you heard about those bioidenticals? And I was like, yeah, they told us not to use them. And he was like, don't believe the hype. He's like, go take a course in these hormones. And I was like, what do you mean? Don't believe the hype, you know? Uh, and he was like, trust me, go and check this course out. And so I did. I went and I checked the course out and my jaw just dropped because they were re-educating me on hormones. Now, mind you, I went to medical school. I studied for 13 years uh, and I'm a board certified obstetrician gynecologist, right? Like nobody knows more about hormones allegedly than I do. <laughs> and yet they were re-educating me on hormones. And so it was very shocking to see like, wait, so all the stuff I was told is actually not true. And it's the stuff that's in the textbooks that's actually true. And there was this weird dissonance between what we learned in a textbook and how we practiced it in the real world. And we were, you know, there was this weird divergence of what the data said and what we were trained to do, which was really weird, right? So I went back and was like, wait, I already learned all this stuff. And I went back and I looked and then I started looking up the studies on bioidentical hormone replacement therapy. And this gentleman was absolutely right. They had been studied. It just wasn't here in the United States. They were studied in Europe for probably 20 years by then, maybe 25 years, well studied. Uh, and so I suddenly, you know, got on board with bioidentical hormone replacement therapy, but my, my, my flawed thinking at the time was because I learned that hormones fix everything in a residency, I made that same assumption about bioidenticals. Well, they'll just fix everything, you know? And so I started prescribing bioidenticals. Now I did them responsibly, right? I would monitor people very carefully. I came to understand that what we call cellular-based testing was really important for monitoring hormones. So I did that. I did not rely on blood work. Uh, and so I did all those things properly. Uh, but what I realized is, wait, people still have these gaps. Uh, and it wasn't until I realized the connections between stress, nutrition, and hormones that I began to piece those puzzles together. And then what I started to realize is when I, when I taught people how to eat properly, which is another thing we don't learn in medical school, I had to go out and learn that by myself, right? So this came with the study of Eastern medicine. So I studied Chinese medicine for five years, 
um, and took some advanced courses at the University of Miami. And I did a two-year internship with uh, two of my mentors. Um, and what I realized is nutrition is very personal. Like you can't just prescribe a diet for everybody and think it's going to work. It's very personal. Uh, and so when I started to personalize people's nutrition, and then I realized the importance of stress on hormones. You know, so I started to really teach people how to mitigate the impact of stress on their minds and their bodies through the use of traditional Chinese medicine. Um, I started to realize that people didn't need hormones as much as I thought they did. And in fact, I don't prescribe hormones that much anymore until I really get those other core principles down for people. And what I realize is they don't need to be on hormones as early as we think they do, or even sometimes at all. Now, there are some hormones we prescribe more than others, um, which I'll talk about today, but hormones are just not that important. Nutrition's more important and mitigating the impact of stress is way more important. Once you do those two things, your reliance on hormones to kind of carry you and mask your symptoms, so to speak, will start to go away. Um, and so that's myth number one is hormones are the most important thing. Not so. Um, I think maybe we had a question. Question, hormones. I stopped taking bioidenticals. Doctor told me they were bad for my liver. So I'm now back on them. Aches and pains are decreasing. Two years off them aged me and gave me aches, et cetera, fingers crossed. Yeah, true. Uh, now there, there comes a certain threshold in life where if you didn't mitigate the impact of stress for long enough or um, the nutrition wasn't as, you know, at the top, at the top of your mind, then it, it kind of gets to be too late, right? Um, and so we got to get on the hormones. So I tell people hormones are kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't, right? So if we don't catch you early enough, right? And you don't build your nutrition habits, build you know your, your stress relief habits enough, what's going to happen is you'll need hormones sooner and sooner, right? Um, and so, but if you need the hormones and you don't take them, you're going to run into trouble. As you saw, you started having aches and pains and other things. And those are things you can quantify, right? You can quantify my body hurts. Like you can, you can feel that. So that's easy to see and feel. What you don't also see is you're increasing your risk of heart disease, right? You're increasing your risk of osteoporosis. You're increasing your risk of Alzheimer's dementia, because those are all things that can occur if you need hormones, but you don't have enough. Uh, and so that's good that you realized that you needed your bioidentical hormones back. And I don't know um, how, how old you are, and I won't ask you to make that public, but um, if, if you don't catch that, so if you're not doing those things long enough, your hormones will tank, right? Because stress and nutrition are what keep your hormones steady and balanced. And so once your hormones tank, it's really hard to get them back up again, right? So if your levels are already really low, um, you know, the, the stress mitigation and the nutrition may not be enough, but you still need them. The reason for that is uh, a little bit about what your doctor said to you, that they're stressful for your liver. It's not that they're stressful for your liver. They're stressful for your liver if there's too much stress and there's not proper nutrition, right? Um, bioidentical hormones are super easy for your body to break down and eliminate. Just like your own hormones were super easy for your body to break down and eliminate. So taking bioidenticals is basically you replacing the work that your body used to do. And so it's not an increased stress on your liver at all, actually. Um, you know, bioidentical hormones help your liver to function better. But again, if you have too much stress, so stress actually um, stresses out your liver, right? So if you have a lot of stress and you're not doing things like meditation, breathing, um, or if your nutrition is not appropriate, then yes, your liver will struggle and it will also struggle to break your hormones down, right? So your most of the bioidentical hormones will be uh, 
broken down by the liver. That's your liver's job. So anything that ends up in your bloodstream, which your hormones inevitably will once they're used, um, they will end up in your bloodstream. They'll have to go to your liver. What your liver does that's really neat is it basically starts to disassemble your hormones. So it's like Legos, right? So it starts to take the Legos apart and it puts them together in a different way. Um, and it has to do that because if, if it doesn't do that, then your kidneys uh, and, and your, your gastrointestinal system, which eliminate hormones from your body, will not recognize them. And so your liver has to change the configuration or how the hormone looks into a pattern that your kidneys and your gastrointestinal system will recognize as waste so that they drag them out of the body. Otherwise, what happens is your liver starts to break those hormones down, but it can't do it all the way. And so your hormones don't look the same as they did when they first entered the liver, but they don't look the way they're supposed to look for your kidney and your gastrointestinal system to recognize that hormone as waste. So what happens is now they're in this weird intermediate phase where they're a toxin. So they become toxic and now they recirculate in your body. So now your liver can't quite repackage it so that your kidney and your gut can recognize it. So then your kidney and your gut don't know that they need to toss those, you know, in your stool and in your urine. Right. And so they just keep recirculating in toxic form and that's dangerous. And so in that sense, the, your physician is absolutely uh, correct. Um, if you don't have the proper nutrition to support liver detoxification, uh, if you have a lot of vitamin deficiencies, antioxidant deficiencies, mineral deficiencies, your liver will not break your hormones down properly, even your own hormones. So even if you're not on hormone replacement therapy and it's just your own body making hormones, you're going to run into that same problem if you don't get your nutrition straightened out and you don't uh, mitigate the impact of stress. And so that's why nutrition and stress reduction are the two most critical things because even your own body's hormones will struggle if you don't have those two things down. So that's another myth is that bioidentical hormones are dangerous and you shouldn't take them. It's not that the hormones are dangerous. The hormones are also the victim of not having the right nutrition and stress mitigation. And so those two things, right? Are, are, are critical. And I broke those down into what I call the four pillars of wellness in our online coaching course, the Wellness Warrior Nine-Week Transformation Program, right? It's all about pillar number one is eat. Pillar number two is move, right? You have to move yourself so that your circulation moves so that that blood gets into the liver so your liver can detox and eliminate those things. Then you have to rest because you actually detox at night when you sleep. So if you're not getting to sleep on time and you're not getting enough sleep, you're not detoxing. And so that puts stress on your liver. Actually, your liver is most active in the middle of the night, believe it or not. Um, so while you're sleeping between 1 a.m. and 3 a.m., your liver is very active. That's when it detoxes. Uh, and so if you're not sleeping properly or if you're waking frequently at night or if, you're if you don't have those other pillars up, then your liver is not going to work um, properly. And then uh, pillar number four is detox, the actual detoxification system. Um, all of the cells in your body detox you, not just your liver. Your liver just happens to be the system that will catch everything in the bloodstream. So once everything leaves your cells, goes into the bloodstream, goes to the liver, the liver detoxes them and then sends them out through your gut or your, your kidney out through the urine. So that's a great question. Oh, we got to go to our first commercial break. I think we started a little late, but I think we're on time for our first commercial break. So you're listening to Awaken Wellness Now. I'm your host, Dr. Milena Rabe. Let me give you the phone number. I'm sorry, I forgot. Area code 646-558-8656. Please uh, give us a call, star nine, uh, to ask a question or make a comment. We'll be right back. Thank you. What happens when we begin to realize that the 200-year experiment we've called the American healthcare system has failed? Learn how spirituality, ancient traditions, and cutting-edge science are merging to create a new paradigm of wellness on Awakened Wellness with Milen Riobe, MD. 
Tune in every Wednesday at 12 a.m. and 12 p.m. Eastern Time with live video shows every first and third Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern when you can call in and ask Dr. Milin the questions that matter most to you. Dr. Milin is the medical director of the Rio Bay Institute of Integrative Medicine in Jupiter, Florida. For more information, visit RIOBEintegrativemedicine.com. Dream Vision 7 Radio Network invites you in for this dynamic, forward thinking show. Join Dr. Bernie Siegel on Mind Health Matters every Thursday and Friday, 12 a.m. and 12 p.m. Eastern Time on syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. Bernie will draw from his inspirational personal journey, offering us special nuggets of his sacred wisdom weaved through his delightful stories. Listen in as Bernie reminds us to be fully engaged in life. Ever wonder what it's like to have your own radio show? Well, wonder no longer, because you can dip into the radio airwaves by being host for the day on syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. It's a fabulous way to get your radio feet wet. It's an opportunity to market your business, modality, or book. Have a guest, mention a sponsor, and take callers. Or you may want to facilitate a lesson by going solo. It's up to you. Listeners can be online, mobile, in cars with Bluetooth, or listen through Amazon's Echo by asking Alexa, play Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. For more details, go to DreamVision7Radio.com and click on Host for the Day. Delight your kids with an enchanting journey by reading the Paper Doll Kids Children's Book by Deborah Beauvais and Janine Sullivan. There's even a catchy tune, Kids for Love Song, produced by Bob Sherwood and sung by kids just like yours. The story weaves around seven paper dolls flying around the world doing good deeds as they bring important attention to our endangered animal friends. There's even a magical ring with a universal message. Kids become interested in service projects, action through compassion, and planting seeds that nurture positive change. The Paper Doll Kids and Kids for Love Song are a production of the Kids for Love Project. Get the book now on Amazon Kindle and the song on CD Baby or iTunes. This is Dream Vision 7 Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart, bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life flow. All right, welcome back to Awakened Wellness. I'm your host, Dr. Milan Riobe, and today we're talking about hormone myths you should know. And um, the next myth is people will often uh, say, well, hormones are really just for reproduction. And so if I'm past that stage, why should I take hormones if they're dangerous, right? Um, and so there's there's two points here, right? Number one is they're not dangerous depending on which types you're taking. Um, and number two is they're not just for reproduction, right? Um, in fact, reproduction is a very small um, uh, fraction of what hormones actually are responsible for. Um, and, you know, we, we made that mistake in our training, right? Um, we were trained to think that it's all about reproduction, right? And, and outside of reproduction, you don't need hormones. And to the point where if, if a woman was 50 years or older and was having a hysterectomy for any reason, whether it was fibroids or you know endometriosis, um, anything really uh, short of, of cancer. Um, for cancer, of course, we would remove the ovaries regardless, but if it was for a benign condition and that woman was over the age of 50, we were trained to convince them to let us take their ovaries out because the reasoning back then was, well, you know, we can't really diagnose ovarian cancer until it's too late. And so, you know, we don't have good screening tests for ovarian cancer. So you're better off not having them in your body since you're not reproducing anymore anyway. Right. And it, that sounded reasonable based on what we were trained to believe. But what I realized in later years of, of uh, my own study in functional medicine and integrative medicine is that couldn't have been further from the truth. Um, and finally, the studies caught up. And what we found out 20 years later 
is that was the worst thing we could have advised a woman to do was to remove her ovaries only because she was over 50. And so what began to, to become uh, very obvious was that those same hormones ran all of your body function. And so what we realized after 20 years of convincing people to take their ovaries out is we were actually increasing their risk of cancer and their risk of heart disease by doing so. Um, and, you know, it, it made sense back then because you get trained to think in a certain way. But when you go back and you read the actual textbooks and you start to look at actual medical studies, you start to realize you, your training had nothing to do with what was in the textbooks and what's in the studies. And, um, you know, you start to realize, you know, like medicine's a bit of dogma as well as science. And so you have to really stick with the science if you want to move your patients forward in a science-based way. Uh, and so we began to understand, no, let's keep the ovaries in. In fact, we're starting to realize ovarian cancer doesn't even start in the ovaries. They start in the fallopian tubes. Uh, and so everything we were recommending back then was somewhat flawed, right? Um, and it was with good intentions. It's not that anyone was had a sinister plot, you know, that, that they were going to teach the wrong things and, and make the wrong recommendations. It was based on what was being trained. Uh, and so now we understand hormones run your entire body's function, right? And so that's what makes them important, but they're not as important still, even when we know this, they're not as important as nutrition and stress reduction, uh, because it doesn't matter what you do to try and balance your hormones. If you don't have nutrition and stress reduction down, it doesn't matter. Your hormones will constantly go out of balance uh, because nutrition actually controls your hormones. Um, and stress actually controls your hormones. So when you're under stress, what happens is your body suppresses all of your uh, major hormones, basically. Um, it suppresses your estrogen. It suppresses your progesterone. It suppresses your testosterone as well. Uh, and it increases your cortisol, which is the stress hormone. Uh, and then your body will try and produce more of what's called DHEA, which is the anti-cortisol hormone. So DHA is really important. They call it the anti-aging hormone because it's kind of the cleaning person that goes after the bull in the China shop and cleans everything up. So cortisol is the bull in the China shop. So when you're under a lot of stress, you release cortisol. Cortisol creates, you know, this mess in your body uh, because it thinks you're in survival mode. Uh, and so it, it raises your blood pressure, it raises your blood sugar, uh, it raises your heart rate with the assumption that there's a threat and a predator that you have to defend yourself against, right? And, and so cortisol will remain high no matter how long your stress goes on for because it's there defending you uh, from a predator that it, it doesn't even see, right? And so what happens is, your body gets damaged by that. So when there's too much cortisol, blood sugar's too high all the time, blood pressure's too high all the time, heart rate's too high all the time, you start to damage your body's cells and systems. DHEA is the hormone that your body produces to try and undo all that. And so cortisol raises blood sugar, DHEA drops blood sugar. Cortisol raises blood pressure, DHEA drops blood pressure. Um, so everything cortisol does, DHA undoes. The problem with the DHEA is it can't go on forever, right? And so at some point, that system, that stress management system starts to decline. Uh, and so you'll see the, one of the first signs is that your DHA levels will begin to drop. So your cortisol is still too high. That's usually not the first hormone to go down. Um, your DHA would be the first one to go down under chronic stress. Uh, and then the cortisol starts to fail after that. The reason cortisol fails last is because it's so important for survival. Like your body does not want to shut that function down because it thinks you're being threatened. And so remember, your, your body is not logical when it comes to stress. 
And so you may look around and there's no predator, there's no immediate danger to your life, but you still feel maybe the financial strain. Maybe the aches and pains are causing you some subconscious stress. Um, you know, so that's all interpreted by your body as a predator, an immediate danger. Um, even though it's not immediate, like your brain, your brain knows it's not immediate, but your body doesn't. So your body is not logical when it comes to stress. It will think there's a predator out here somewhere because your cells don't have eyes or a brain. They only respond to chemistry and stress is stress. Your body can't distinguish a lion, you know, pouncing on you from your bank account being lower than you want it to be. Um, or you not having had enough uh, sleep the night before and feeling really tired. Like your body doesn't know how to distinguish stress from uh, one type of stress from another. It interprets it all as a lion pouncing, a predator about to kill you. And so it will respond accordingly. Now your body, your brain will sense like there's no predator. So I'm going to calm myself down. Right. And so you're not going to feel your heart pounding and, and you're not going to feel the stress, but you're, body will. Um, and so there's this, again, this disconnect with stress that's really dangerous. Uh, and, and so your body will still respond accordingly as though it's being threatened. And that's the danger. That's what makes people sick, um, whether you're taking hormones or, or not. And so this is where, again, breathing techniques, meditation, uh, proper restorative exercises are super important. Like you have to convince yourselves that you're not under threat um, by breathing in a way that tells it you're not under, under stress or threat. So remember the five seconds of inhale and five seconds of exhale. Again, that's a 10 second breath. And you wanna always breathe through your nostrils. And so you don't wanna breathe through your mouth. That's a fight or flight uh, way of breathing. So you, you don't wanna send a fight or flight signal to your cells, you wanna send a calm signal to your cells. So always in and out through your nose. Five seconds in, five seconds out. You don't have to hold your breath, nothing like that. When you do that consistently, you are convincing your body's cells that you're not under threat. Uh, and so now you're reducing the impact of stress and now your cortisol can actually go down and then your DHEA will actually come up. Um, and then all your other hormones will stop being suppressed. Um, so this is a, another survival mechanism, right? So when you're under threat, your body does not want you to reproduce, right? That's, that is one of their functions, your hormones. And so your body doesn't want you to reproduce. It's going to suppress the hormones that would be responsible for your reproduction. Uh, and progesterone is one of the first ones to be suppressed. So a lot of women even though they may not need estrogen or testosterone, do need progesterone because progesterone is one of the first hormones to go down under stress. <clears throat> the reason for that is because progesterone is actually used to make cortisol. And so progesterone is an ingredient of cortisol. So that's your body's built-in defense against reproducing for nothing, right? And so reproduction cause, costs your body a lot of energy. And so if you're under stress or threat, your body doesn't want you to sit there and carry a baby around for nine months and then deliver that baby to be eaten by a predator, right? And so it's going to suppress reproduction. And the way it suppresses reproduction is by reducing progesterone because it requires progesterone to make the stress hormones in the first place. So it's an ingenious mechanism that your body utilizes. The problem is now you become estrogen dominant um, and that's dangerous, you know, long-term. Now, estrogen does not cause cancer, it's, it's kind of like fertilizer for cancer, but it doesn't actually cause it. So hormones don't cause cancer, um, but they can create an environment for the cancer to thrive. And so that's where people get the idea that hormones are dangerous um, is because if you are estrogen dominant, you are creating an environment for cancer to thrive in your body because estrogen makes things grow, right? And so when we think of cancer, we think of cells growing uncontrollably, right? And that's not good, obviously. 
progesterone is kind of the undoer of estrogen. And so estrogen makes things grow. Progesterone shrinks things down. It prevents them from growing. And so everything's about balance in the body. And so if you're estrogen dominant and you don't have enough progesterone to balance your estrogen, things are going to have a propensity to get bigger. Uh, and so if it's cancer cells, they will get bigger and they'll start to multiply. Uh, weight gain, you know, inflammation, uh, all of those things will be, uh, you know, uh, increased by estrogen dominance. Um, and so progesterone is one of the most common hormones that I prescribe uh, because the last thing you want to be is estrogen dominant. Um, and even for some women taking hormone replacement therapy, you want to be absolutely certain that you're taking enough progesterone to balance that estrogen so that you don't set up the estrogen dominance. So another myth is, well, hormones cause cancer. You know, that's not true. Or hormones cause strokes. Um, not true. Now, if you're on a synthetic hormone, which is what is, uh, which is an ingredient in Prempro, right? So if you remember, Prempro was that hormone that was studied in 2004, 2005, that was shown to cause an increased risk of cancer and strokes in women after five years of use. Um, and so that was a, an artificial synthetic form of progesterone, which is extremely toxic. And really it, it's in textbooks that are 40 and 50 years old. So it's not new that we, we've known that synthetic progesterone is toxic and yet it's still on the market, right? Um, so you wanna be very careful that if you are estrogen dominant and you are replacing your progesterone, that you replace it with natural progesterone. Um, I wrote in my book, Faith, there uh, in the back, you know, hormone myths and what you need, really need to know to safely take hormone replacement therapy. But it, it's a big deal. You do not wanna be on synthetic progesterone. It's critical that you be on natural progesterone. Natural progesterone has been studied for 40 plus years. There is no increased risk of stroke, no increased risk of cancer, no increased risk of heart disease. Um, there is no such increased risks. And so no hormones don't cause cancer, but artificial hormones do. And I don't even categorize artificial hormones as hormones because they're really kind of not, they're chemicals. Um, and so, you know, you want to be on a natural form of progesterone if you need to have progesterone replacement therapy. Um, I think we're due for our next commercial break. So uh, these are, uh, let's see if we have any more questions. We got a couple. So when we come back from this commercial break, we'll tackle some questions. You're listening to Awakened Wellness. I'm your host, Dr. Milan Riobe. We'll be right back. What happens when we begin to realize that the 200-year experiment we've called the American healthcare system has failed? Learn how spirituality, ancient traditions, and cutting-edge science are merging to create a new paradigm of wellness on Awakened Wellness with Milen Riobay, MD. Tune in every Wednesday at 12 a.m. and 12 p.m. Eastern Time with live video shows every first and third Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern when you can call in and ask Dr. Milin the questions that matter most to you. Dr. Milin is the medical director of the Rio Bay Institute of Integrative Medicine in Jupiter, Florida. For more information, visit RIOBEintegrativemedicine.com. Dream Vision 7 Radio Network invites you in for this dynamic, forward-thinking show. Edesia is a U.S. nonprofit dedicated to the dream of ending childhood malnutrition for millions of children around the world. Through the manufacture of Plumpy Nut and other nutrient-rich, peanut-based, ready-to-use foods, Edesia has already delivered life and hope to nearly one million children in over 26 developing countries. To find out how you can join Edesia's dream of ending childhood malnutrition, please visit ediciaglobal.org. What if dreams can diagnose your life? What if we can meet the love of our life in dreams? Join host Cat O'Keefe Cannabis, the number one internationally best-selling author of Dreams That Can Save Your Life, written with Duke University medical doctor Larry Burke. Dreaming Healing is where we'll explore dreams, research, and interpret dreams from you, the caller. 
Dreaming Healing Shows can be heard every Tuesday at 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. Eastern with live shows on the first and third evenings at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific Time on syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. Come live your dreams out loud with Kat. Are you searching for a way to help create global change? Dream Vision 7 Radio Network's vision is to have an eclectic group of radio hosts dedicated to educating, enlightening, and helping humankind with positive messages and tools that enhance lives using different modalities and programs. If you would like to join our team and help illuminate the universe, call Deborah at 508-226-1723 or Deborah at DreamVision7Radio.com. This is Dream Vision 7 Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart, bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life flow. Welcome back to Awaken Wellness. I'm your host, Dr. Milan Riobe, and today we're talking about hormone myths you should know. Um, the, uh, the association between nutrition and hormones, right? So B vitamins in particular, now all the vitamins play a role in hormone balance, but B vitamins are almost like little levers that will literally increase and decrease hormone levels depending on their own levels. Um, so all of the B vitamins are critical uh, in literally turning on and turning off hormone production. And so this is why it's super important not to take just one vitamin, right? Horm vitamins don't work in a vacuum. And so if you're only taking like vitamin E, you know, and not really having a comprehensive test done to know which actual vitamins you need, um, you're going to keep running around in circles and you will never balance your hormones properly. Um, now, nutrition is key, right? So it's always best to get your vitamins and minerals from your food, whole food. Um, but if you're still deficient, then taking supplements is extremely important and you want to be careful not to overtake supplements. So it's the same thing, right? Everything's about balance. You don't want too much estrogen. You don't want too little estrogen, right? You don't want too much progesterone. You don't want too little progesterone. Too much progesterone can cause uh, blood sugar problems, right? Too little progesterone can cause Alzheimer's, right? Too much estrogen can increase your risk of cancer, can cause inflammation, headaches, pains, too little estrogen can cause osteoporosis, dementia, heart disease. So it's all about balance. Your vitamins are no different. You know, if you take too much of a vitamin, you're going to drive certain hormones down too low. You know, uh, if you take too little of that vitamin, those hormones might be too high. And so it's really important not to overtake anything. Uh, and it's really important not to take things you don't know you actually need. And so getting tested, and unfortunately, regular blood work does not provide that information. And so you'd have to really see a board-certified integrative medical doctor to get more comprehensive nutrition studies. Um, sometimes they'll, they can do them in two ways, right? So we can test your urine to see like total body storage of upwards of 30, 40 different vitamins and minerals, or it's still a blood test, but what makes it different then the blood work you get at a regular lab is they isolate out your immune cells at the lab. And then they test the actual immune cells for 33 different nutrients, different vitamins, minerals, antioxidants. So now you get this huge comprehensive report of your, basically your nutrition status. And so now you will know, okay, I'm deficient in the following vitamins. Uh, and then they'll even give you like a foods list, you know, what has those vitamins in it? What foods can I eat more of? And if you're working with an integrative medical doctor or a nutritionist, they can help you create meal plans, right? And a supplement program to make sure that you get those, uh, those levels back up. So the most important thing in balancing your hormones is actually getting your nutrition um, to be proper, you know, for you. And then again, controlling stress. And so I think we had a couple questions here. <clears throat> uh, statement, stress affects hormones, didn't have a clue, <laughs> thanks. Yeah, it, it's probably the most important thing that affects hormones is stress. 
Um, and you can undo that, right? With the breathing technique we talked about, um, you know, just constantly reminding yourself, am I breathing properly, right? And, and just incessantly tapping yourself on the shoulder to ask yourself to breathe better, right? And, and to, to focus on your breath. That really does a lot to rebalance hormones. Um, and then statement, my primary doctor doesn't want to prescribe hormones. Do, do I have other options, different doctor? Well, again, you know, a board certified integrative medical doctor, we're not afraid of hormones. So, um, most conventionally trained doctors don't like hormone replacement therapy because of the study back in 2005. Um, and so if you don't dig a little deeper and look at the data more uh, in a more discriminatory fashion, right? If you don't really dive deep and look at international studies and do a whole separate course of study as an integrative or functional medical doctor, you won't have access to that information and you will not want to prescribe hormones. And so the, a board certified integrative medical doctor would be your best bet. Um, progesterone, 20 years back, I developed hives, doctors thought lupus, et cetera. Turns out the Premarin was the culprit. Uh, since then, I just used estradiol. Looks like I need to revisit progesterone. Oh, yes. So another myth is that if I don't have a uterus, I don't need progesterone, right? And that goes back to the flawed premise of hormones only being for reproduction. So we would, we would reason to ourselves as doctors, well, if they don't have reproductive organs, they don't need reproductive hormones. So we don't need to prescribe uh, progesterone because we were taught that the only job progesterone does in your body is it protects your, your, your uterus from getting cancer. We know now that is that could not have been further from the truth. Um, and so progesterone is everywhere in your body and it has its hand in every body function you can possibly conceive of, no pun intended, <laughs> but a very small role is to protect the uterus from cancer. But that doesn't mean if you don't have a uterus, if you had a hysterectomy and your uterus or your womb was removed, you still need progesterone if you're taking estrogen because of the problem with estrogen dominance. Um, and so as an integrative, a board certified integrative medical doctor, I never prescribe estrogen alone, never. Regardless of whether the person's had a hysterectomy or not, we have enough data in the international literature and now even in the US literature, we're finally catching up that estrogen should never be prescribed alone. Um, and again, depending on what kind of doctor you see. So if I put on my OBGYN hat, I would say, no, no, you don't need progesterone because you don't have a uterus. But if I put on my integrative doctor hat, like you absolutely need progesterone. So you're going to see two different, um, you know, starkly opposed opinions, depending on what kind of doctor you see. Um, I, I wear both hats. And the data is very, very clear. Never take estrogen in a vacuum, like never. Um, and you have to monitor them properly. So you want to make sure that you're in the hands of a board certified integrative functional medical doctor who knows how to monitor those hormones properly and prescribe them properly and help you, know, help you navigate your risks. Now, there are some people who shouldn't take hormone replacement therapy, right? There's certain forms of cancer that if it hasn't been long enough since you've had cancer, you should not be on hormone replacement therapy until you know if you're truly cancer-free, right? And so there are some cases where, no, you shouldn't take hormones. And so again, you wanna be in the hands of a board-certified integrative medical doctor to help you, you know, walk through that landscape to make sure that you're safely uh, taking hormones and having them safely monitored, right? Which brings me to the last myth is that hormones don't need to be monitored, right? Your symptoms are enough to tell you if they're working properly. And again, that goes back to our training again, as obstetricians, gynecologists, we were learned to manage, we learned to manage symptoms with hormones. So if we prescribed um, hormone replacement therapy for someone having hot flashes, if they came back you know, a month or two later and said, I'm still having the hot flashes, you just prescribe them a higher dose and off they would go until the, the symptoms went away. Uh, we now know that to be flawed as well. 
Um, and so you should always have your hormones monitored. And it turns out hot flashes are not always caused by an estrogen deficiency. Um, that was an assumption we made. Uh, just give them more estrogen uh, and the hot flashes will go away. Um, and they did go away, but that was because we were masking the hot flashes and it wasn't really because of a deficiency. And then what, what sometimes would happen is they would go away for a while, then they'd come back, you know, and, and then we'd prescribe them even higher doses. And it was through my study of integrative functional medicine that I re realized, oh, no, that's not right. And you started to check and monitor hormone levels. And you realize you were literally overdosing people with estrogen. And so it was through the study of integrative and functional medicine that I learned years ago to properly monitor hormones and to balance them out. So sometimes what's causing the hot flash is stress. It's not estrogen at all. Uh, and sometimes it's too much estrogen. So you can have a hot flash because your estrogen levels are too high or too low. You can have a hot flash because your thyroid levels are too high. You could have a hot flash because your cortisol is too high or your DHEA is too low. You could have a hot flash because your progesterone is too low, right? So all of these things demand that you have your levels checked, right? There's no way to tell them apart. Uh, so you have to have your levels checked to even know if you need hormones to begin with and which ones you actually need, right? Um, and then you have to monitor them to know if you got those levels back to normal, you know, and as an integrative medical doctor, I subscribe to cellular based testing. So we test using saliva uh, or urine sometimes, or sometimes uh, finger pricks. So the difference between that and blood work, again, is the finger prick is more of a cellular based or what we call tissue level sample. So it gives you a better idea of what's going on inside your cells, whereas blood work doesn't do that. Um, so monitoring with blood work, especially if you're using bioidenticals in a cream form, the cream goes to your cells first. It doesn't go to the bloodstream first. And so if you're testing the bloodstream for levels, you're not going to see them there. And so what happens is you have a tendency to overdose people because you're trying to force the blood work to go up. Um, but what's happening is you're actually concentrating the hormones in the cells and you don't see that. And there was a study in 2012 done by Harvard University uh, on bioidentical testosterone in men uh, that concluded that bioidentical bio testosterone is dangerous, uh, which it's not. It's just that they were monitoring of blood work and they didn't realize they were looking in the wrong place for testosterone levels. Had they monitored the cellular levels of testosterone in these men, they would have seen that the cellular levels were too high. And that's what was driving the heart attacks that they were seeing in the study. Um, and so how you take hormones matter. If you're taking a cream, you do not want to use blood work to monitor it. You really do have to use cellular-based testing to monitor those levels. Otherwise, you're, you're not going to know what's really going on in your cells. And you have to also remember that your hormones actually function in your cells. They don't function in your bloodstream. So when you check for blood levels of hormones, you're only checking what's in transit or what's moving from one group of cells to another group of cells. You're not actually checking what's functioning inside your cells. And so in order to know what's functioning inside my cells, I have to test my cells, right? Um, and that's, that's, just, that's just logical. Uh, and so there are several different ways that you can do that. Um, but monitoring with blood work is not always safe. Now, if you're using pellets, so sometimes we put the hormones underneath the skin in the form of pellets, you can use blood work to monitor that because of the way the hormones get distributed in the body. But if you're using a cream, you cannot use blood work because it's going to steer you in the wrong direction. So I think that's all the time we have for today's show. Um, thank you so much for listening. All the questions and comments are always amazing. And uh, thanks for listening to Awaken Wellness Now. I'm your host, Dr. Milena Riobe. If you want to know more, go to our website, awakenedwellnessnow.com. And until next time, many, many blessings. Thank you.
Join us next time on Awakened Wellness with Milen Riobe, MD, to learn how spirituality, ancient traditions, and cutting-edge science are merging to create a new paradigm of wellness. Awakened Wellness airs every Wednesday at 12 a.m. and 12 p.m. Eastern Time with live video shows every first and third Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern of each month. Meanwhile, you can join our Facebook page at facebook.com slash awakened wellness and let us know what you'd like to discuss on future episodes. Dr. Mulin is the medical director of the Rio Bay Institute of Integrative Medicine in Jupiter, Florida. For more information, visit riobayintegrativemedicine.com. This show is part of the Dream Vision 7 radio network. This is Dream Vision 7 Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart, bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life flow.